And uh, I had to come up here geared up for tonight, right? Because if you stayed with the Stormy Daniels book, my goodness, you know that we had three powerful chapters, amen? And the first chapter started right away. I mean, it didn't mess around. It just got down to business right away. And it says, become skilled with your spiritual weapons. So, hallelujah. Uh, I want you to know that these glasses are dark because if you were shooting, they help you have clarity if the sun's bright and all that kind of stuff. But I'm wearing them tonight because these are the kind of glasses that when you go by the Holy Ghost, Pastor Phyllis, okay. you can see all kinds of devil's wickedness and you know how to handle business, amen? So I want you to know that tonight this represents our spiritual eyesight and how clear we can see. And then this hat, it's not just going to represent the helmet of salvation, but what does my hat say, Pastor Phyllis? It says God's army. I said, what does it say? God's army. Woo, get down now. <laughs> because I wanted to, I, I was going to wear this and stand during the whole church service, but some of my traditional background, it was hard enough to be, for me to wear a hat for the last 30 seconds. So we're going to put that down. Now listen, if you feel comfortable wearing a hat, it's no big deal. Wear your hat. I'm just telling you how I am. I'm, I got a few little old traditional ways in me that I'm trying to get rid of. But anyhow, um, I just want to take a few minutes to honor each and every one of you. Because I don't know if you can sense it. I've always sensed the Spirit of God in this house. But I will tell you, there is something stirring in the atmosphere. And I want you to know that I have heard us say that we are a family of faith. Amen. We care, we love, we rescue, and it's just what we do. Uh, and I want you to know something that since we've been studying on prayer, and I'm going to talk about this in just a minute, but since we've been studying on prayer, you know the Bible says in Psalms 133 that where there is a spirit of unity that comes upon the brethren, God can command his blessing. So you better make sure that you've been doing this fasting stuff. You better make sure that you're ready for services that are filled with the power of God. You better get ready to see who's going to come through that door because they're going to be in need and the presence of God is going to meet them right up in this house, Pastor Phyllis. I'm telling you, there is something going on in the realm. So I just want to give you guys a hand clap and say thank you for your faith. Thank you for pressing in because God is aware of who you are. Listen, I'm not just saying this to be cute with you. I'm handsome enough all by myself. Woo, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> you can see my sweetie pie is here tonight. So, so I, I hope I stay in bounds. But what I'm telling you is, is that if you don't think God can recognize your commitment to him, you got another thing coming. Because he came upon the children in the wilderness and said, hey, first of all, I'm not honoring their faith because they were out there living in the world. They had none to give me. Mm -mm -mm. He said, but because of my honor of what their fathers in the faith had done, I have come down from heaven and now I hear their cries and I'm going to get down to business. Amen? Amen. So I'm telling you, you guys keep stirring that atmosphere. Keep praying because you are doing something to let God have room in your life. The other thing I want to put you on notice about is that you are going to suffer affliction during this time. 
Listen, things are going to pop up out of your marriage. Things are going to pop up at your job. Things are going to pop up out of relationships because you took the journey to press into God. Anytime you press into God, you have to be recognized in both kingdoms. <laughs> We're going to end there, <laughs> but just keep that out in front of you. We have to be recognized in both kingdoms. But when we are, wickedness is coming our way. And there's going to be an onslaught from the devil to try to take you out before you become all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> See, you guys don't get it. The devil was terrified of you when you were weak. He had you strung out on drugs. He had you out in violence. He had you doing all kinds of craziness. He got you sick and made you think you weren't even going to make it out of your 20s. Some of you got molested. Some of you got just brutalized. And the reason is because while you were weak, you were so strong, you could defeat him in a second of yeah. time. And I'm telling you, now that you're actually saved, all filled up with the power of the Holy Ghost, and you're starting to pray, and you're starting to seek him, you have him more terrified than ever before. He's shaking in his shoes because he knows his last-ditch effort has failed, and he knows that he is lost. He's done. He's under your feet, and it's time for you to step into prayer, fasting, witnessing, go to war, and be more than the conquerors that you already are. Hallelujah. Hey, I got to ask before I get too out of control. <laughs> if you have been reading your book and you have been going, oh, honey, you should have been here tonight. This next few minutes is all your fault. I'm unhinged. I'm unleashed. You're not here to keep me under control. So uh, before we get to that, though, is there anybody who's been reading the Stormy uh, Martin Prayer Warrior book? And who read chapter 7? I know. I'm just kidding. I know that you... <laughs> But who read chapter 7 and had something out of there just inspire them that helped them change or be more serious? Or who is that? I need just one testimony of someone who's willing to come. When I ask, come down here quick. Use your faith. Get out of your seat. Come down here. I just want you to tell me one thing when you read chapter 7 that stirred you. <laughs> Did I stutter? No. Uh, you know, if I was back in children's church... They'd be running over themselves. <laughs> I just asked one person who read chapter 7 who got stirred in any way, can I just get one person to come and give me a testimony of how you got stirred, what it meant to you? Did it change something for you or did you make a commitment? Or I guess you were already there. Huh? I guess I'll read it myself. I'm just reminding you that chapter 7 says, become skilled with your spiritual weapons. So I guess you're all fully skilled, you're already sharpened, you just flip your weapons all around, so I guess we'll just go right through that. Since nobody said, hey, you know, that made me consider the weapon of fasting, which is something I haven't done as regularly as I could have. You know, I used to fast just because a tragedy, I used to fast just because pastor asked me, and then I couldn't even make it through the work day, so I gave up on it. And I used to fast just when a difficult situation has come. But I want you to know I regularly yield to the weapon of fasting, and it's a pattern I've put in my life. I thought someone would come and give that testimony, but if not, I'll just give it myself. <laughs> so we'll go to chapter 8. Is there anybody in here who said that they have made the decision to engage in the war knowing that time is short, 
short. Is there anybody here who can tell me as you read this book, maybe you just made a deeper decision or maybe you got a sense of urgency. Is there anybody here that could come up and tell me that's them? Are you reading the book? Nobody, I guess you're already all engaged, huh? You're already just all that and a bag of chip and french fries and an extra side order of hot sauce and you got it done. Well, then somebody come up here. Bob, did this script, did, when you read this book, did anything stir you? Yes, it did. Get up here, please, sir. I'm going to tell you. Shut up till you get the microphone. I'm just kidding you. <laughs> We're in military, so I don't got to talk all nice to you. I, I'm not to, to chapter 7 yet, but... When I started reading this book, I was sitting in the kitchen at the counter, and it reminded me back in the early 90s, Pastor had a series of messages on our words. Mm, amen. <laughs> and that whole, the whole wow. two months that that teaching was going on, I remember I bought every tape back then. It, was, it just stirred in me. Amen. amen. I mean, the, the mm -hmm. power of our words. Yes. And that's not only the words we speak, that's the words we pray. Come on, brother. And I'm telling Whoa. you, there, there was a half hour's time I was just meditating on that, mm -hmm. on that, on that series of messages back in the early wow, 90s. Wow, wow, wow. Was, it was good. Well, you know what's so powerful is, is that whenever we get so stirred up that we remember something like that, it releases a seed that we harvest today. So I'm telling you, words are so critical. You know, it's so funny because I just got his series out called Words Are uh, Faith Connectors. Woo. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I, I think it needs to be taught again today. Amen. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Well, you can talk to Pastor about yeah. that because I'll leave that up to him. But anyhow, and then the last one in verse chapter 9 was identify the immediate battleground, battlefield. Is there anyone who can say, hey, once I read that, I recognize that there's some immediate things that I need to address because I saw some more immediate battlefields that I need to take. You know, whenever you go to war, there's always a strategy and there's a long-term strategy, but the short-term strategy is when the artillery's blowing, brother, and the firepower's coming, you hunker down, you get in that hole, you shoot back when you can, and you radio in for a little air support and you wait, till the heavy artillery comes and zaps something, amen? You know, in that song it said that, God, not only are you my great defender, but you will go out and bring my enemy's heads to me, so to speak, and you'll act like it's my victory. Because you're more than a conqueror. Okay, we're going to spend a few minutes in Regina time. <laughs> Even though she's not here, I'm going to spend a few minutes in Regina time. Because I know you guys know my faith, but I want you to know her faith. Because as a couple, I believe my wife is more powerful than I am. I'm going to give you a couple of examples. Years ago, before we ever went to Kenton to be pastors, we went to Kenton to help Randy do the night church there. So the first thing I used my faith for was I picked a date, I wrote it down. I had about five or six young men that was going to go with me, and I gave them the date ahead of time and said, we're not going to tell Randy, we're just going to pray and we're going to make our schedules because that's going to be the date. And you know Randy, when are you going to come over to Kenton? 
I said, as soon as you tell me, just come on over anytime, just come over. I said, Randy, I can't, you gotta tell me. Ugh. So he'd walk away, you know, I'd see him the next service. When are you coming over to Kent? And I said, Randy, I can't, you gotta tell me. But as soon as you tell me, I'm ready to go. And finally, we were over there and in a, in a, we were going through a series of services and it was a great faith week. And he just walked right over there and he said, okay, Phil, when are you coming? I said, Randy, I can't say, you gotta tell me. I said, just write a date right here, Randy, just write a date. And he went, um, okay. And he put September, what the date was, and guess what? It was the exact date I had picked out. See, when you pray, God will give you such an answer that you will know. But here's where faith goes to the next level. That was my part. And I took six or seven little young dudes over with me, and they were preaching on God's sight and all this other stuff at the end of service. That was Pastor Daniel Burroughs, by the way. But anyhow, 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 Regina's part is that after we went over that first time, Randy said, boy, I think I need you guys to come back, but I think Regina needs to preach. I said, amen. So we went back that time, and Miss Regina threw down on a Sunday night. We were there late. It was all your fault, baby. We were there late till like late midnight. But what was so powerful was people got saved, people got healed, and we went home, and I said, Lord, is Regina and I ready to pastor again? Because we had made a run at it in the 90s, it didn't end so well. It was all my fault. But anyhow, anyhow, because Regina's perfect. But anyhow, this time we went and Miss Regina preached and it was powerful. And I said, God, are we ready to do this thing? And he said, I'll show you. And the next day she went to work and I was home and her book fell open. And guess what? She had a service written for Monday night. She had a service written for Monday night, and I knew why, but I had to ask her. I said, honey, what's in this book for Monday? And you know my wife. What are you doing in my stuff? I said, babe, I didn't get your stuff. The book fell open. It's not my fault. Sure, sure it did. Did you look at my stuff? I said, honey, I've never gotten your stuff before. You know I wouldn't do that. The book fell open. I need to know what Monday night is. Oh, just forget it, Philip. Quit, just quit being stupid. I said, no, I need to know. And she said, I wrote that service for Monday night just in case God wanted to have revival. Wow. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. You think I got big faith? Let me tell you something. I didn't write a service for revival tomorrow night because I'm preaching tonight. I just went and preached at another church. And I'm sorry to tell you, I didn't write a service for revival in case he wanted to keep us over till Monday night. But I will tell you that I know one strong little woman who's much stronger than I that did that. Amen? And right then I knew, uh-oh, we're going to have to come to this city one of these days. And then several years later we did. Now, I'm going to tell you one other little Regina time story, but the reason I'm telling you this is because Stormy O'Martin is a powerful lady. And I thank God that we're reading her book and we're all in unity in pursuit, but I'm also telling you that her book is not the Bible, it's a testimony. And I hope that book stirs us to get in the Word. I hope that book stirs us to put our weapons of warfare together and our package together because for her family, she might need to lean into this part of her weapons. You might need to lean into this part of your weapons. 
So I am reverently so thankful for this series on prayer. I really am because it's bringing us in unity. We're thinking about the same things. We're praying about the same things. But I want you to know that we don't know Miss Stormy, but we're getting to know her. But Miss Regina, you see every day. And if she can write a revival message, what could you do? Now, I'm also telling you that I love this book because it stirs me, it challenges me. It makes me remember that these prayers and these weapons of our warfare, they are powerful, they're sacred, they're given to us in a way that we need to really press into these things. And shame on us if as believers we go times without praying. Shame on us if we don't go times with fasting. Not just because pastor calls us on a fast, but let me tell you something, fasting patterns should be your own. You want to hear someone else who's stronger than I am in the faith? My son, Philip. One time I was driving all the way, John, from uh, Hobart to Van Wert, and I was praying in the Holy Ghost, as is my custom. And about an hour into that ride, I was just approaching Van Wert. The Lord said, yep, when you get home, tell your son to go on a four-day fast. I said, God, I, I never fasted when I was a young boy. And I'm telling you, I won't tell you his age. He'll have to tell you. But he was young. He wasn't driving, that's for sure. Hallelujah. But at anyhow, I fought God. I said, God, no, I can't do that. And he said, tell your son. No, I'm sorry, I, li I lied to you. He said, tell your son to go on a three-day fast. I said, God, I can't do that. And he said, your son is about to go into a higher level of grades. He's going to be exposed to more in that public school. He needs to go on a fast. So I walked in, and there he was, bundled up on the couch by his mama, looking like he was sick. And I said, Philip, oh. I said, God, I can't look. He don't look like he feels well. I can't tell him to go on a fast. And I, the Lord said, tell him. And I said, Philip Walker, Jr., you need to go on a three-day fast. And he said, oh, Dad, it's four, not three, and I'm already on it. Woo, get down. Whoa. Listen, I'm telling you that you have no idea how strong you can yet be. Sometimes, Christians, we sit along and we're coasting along and we don't realize that if we would take the time to press into God, every one of you in here could write a book about the strategies God gave you to bring your family out of challenges. Now listen, I love our prayer series and I'm all up in this thing. Listen, my book is just as yellow as yours are. I'm reading it, but I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to look for Stormy's pattern so I can just do it. No, I expect God to speak to me, revelate to me, move me through these scriptures and give me something that's going to war warfare for my own family. Right. Amen. Whew, that Miss Regina, I'm telling you, she's a strong woman. I'm going to give you just two more things and then I'm going to finish on this preaching scripture tonight that's all about prayer and all about who we are. But you know, tonight I'm going to talk just a minute about honor is due. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me give you a couple more Reginaisms. First of all, she is a part of the net club. The net club is a group of ladies that are smart enough to realize that we men are the head, but we can't go anywhere by ourselves where the neck don't go in unity. Oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. So wear your big boy pants, men. Regina, 
Regina is part of the club that she's about the only person I know that I'm not praying for her to see any clearer than she already does. Because the old saying is that love is blind. And when it comes to her loving me, I need that woman to be as blind as she possibly can to overlook all my weaknesses. Hallelujah. <laughs> so she's part of the miracle club. And then I'm going to give you just two more here. She is part of the bone club. Do you know what that is? Hello. What's stronger, bone or dirt? If you had to go to the fight, are you going to get a handful of dirt or are you going to pick up a bone and throw down? I was made from dirt. That woman was made for bone. I'm telling you, she's stronger than I am. <laughs> now, one other little thing is that she's also a part of the More Than Conqueror Club. You know what that means? If you ask her and I said, oh, I bought her this, or I'll do this, she'll say, Philip, I make my own money and I've always worked hard. And that's true. She makes her own money, she can buy stuff. But also she's more than a conqueror because no matter how long I work, how hard I work, when the check used to be a handwritten check, I walked in the door and there was the more than conqueror. Yep. <laughs> she was at home, I was working, but more than conqueror took over once I came through the door. And now it's even worse, Pastor Phyllis, because now I don't even get a paycheck. It goes right into the account she owns, and so she don't even have to worry about me losing the check or pretending I lost the check or nothing. So that woman is more than a conqueror, amen? Now, I said that in a funny way, but I want you to know that my wife is seriously as strong, if not stronger, than I am. Because when you are given a partner in marriage, you are given a help meet that has attributes, characteristics different than you so that that strength can get together. And the Bible says a synergistic effect can be in a household. That means, Pastor Phyllis, that, that handsome husband of yours, my father in the faith, he's a bad dude. <laughs> he can cast out devils and get stuff done all by himself. He is a bad dude. <laughs> but, but I also want you to know that he has a wife and she's a bad young lady. And she can get things done all by herself. But when those two come together, Amen. there's a synergistic effect that has covered our lives, all of our lives. Yeah. I just want every one of us to step into the next dimension of who we are. Yeah. Quit wasting time. Uh-oh, i got to get into a couple things here. Anyhow, now I've said enough about Stormy and Regina. I'm going to get yelled at when I get home. I got to tell one other time, one other thing, little Lincoln Waters, him and I always dreamed about BMWs years ago. So I'd be driving at some place and we'd get on the highway and as soon as we got to hit 65 or 70, I'd yell out, Beamer time! And I said, Lincoln, one day when we have a Beamer, this will be slow speed and he'd just love it. So then sometimes I'd say, Lincoln, now one day when you get married, you'll get to yell out this too about your wife. Regina time! <laughs> and we would laugh. But I'm telling you, he's ahead of me because I think for some reason he might already have owned a BMW. But one of these days I'll catch up. Um, I want you to know something that when we think about these books and when we think about people who have testimonies that touch our lives, it's because they gave honor to God. They gave him something that was due to him. And as believers, each and every one of us, it would be a shame for us to live this life and not give God the due honor that deserves him.
Listen, you know the military, they live a certain way and they do certain patterns and we expect them to because they took on a responsibility that belongs to them. We also know that in the natural world, even with our high State Buckeyes or even these little high school teams around here, your kids can be throwing up, grabbing their hamstring, falling on the ground. You wrap their ankle up and throw them back in there. They're wrestling, getting a broken arm. You expect them to get back up and get healed up and go again. You don't even mind them practicing with a cast on for a football game. Where are the sold-out, radical, overbearing Christians that are giving God the honor of national championship status? Whew. Hey, this is pastor's fault. He out of town, and he told me to do this. So, so you get on him when he comes back. I'm going to give you a couple things, and uh, yeah, I think, I think I still got about 13 minutes, don't I? Yeah. She said, or a little more, so now it's Pastor Phyllis's fault, because i got to throw something on you. Let's go to Romans. And you know, really, when we read this story, basically, Stormy O'Martin is asking you to become a storm yourself. Yeah. See, my wife, Regina, she's a storm. She will charge heaven. She lives with an integrity. She'll hold me accountable. She holds us all accountable. Listen, if you ask Philip privately after service, he ain't afraid of his dad. Even though I yell, even though I'm bolsterous, he ain't afraid of me. But I tell you what, if she gets a little upset, we both kind of. <laughs> but listen, I'm just talking about faith. Now, don't get me wrong. I am spiritually strong, very strong. I'm physically strong. But I'm telling you that you could be 110 pounds and you could be so strong that you could release the kingdom of God or you could bind up the kingdom of darkness. You could release somebody into eternal life. You have no idea. This one time, Pastor Phyllis, I went to pray for somebody and they were deathly sick at the hospital. I had laryngitis, probably because I was preaching too loud the night before. But I had laryngitis and I could not even speak. Be able to command. I need to be able to speak loud. And the Lord said, Philip, he said, how did Hannah get pregnant? I said, hmm, by her thoughts. He said, Philip, how do I sustain you on the earth? So it's one thing when I get speaking in my thunderous voice. He said, but do you realize that the Bible says I had more thoughts of you? than the sands on the seas. He says, don't you realize that if my thoughts can sustain humanity for all these thousands of years, he said, your laryngitis voice and a whisper with the power of the Holy Ghost on it can run every legion of devil in this entire hospital out. Woo! I better not do what I do at Kitten every now and then, but I will make a statement. You can't touch this. <laughs> not in my own power. But if we speak and make sure that we have been slow to speak and quick to hear. See, we think that that just means people. No, the Lord is saying, be quick to hear me. I could come up here and say, that's not that. Um, I'm never afraid. <laughs> and right away, the Holy Ghost would say, this boy's lying to me. See, if she's quick to hear, 
I can't lie to that woman. Because the Holy Ghost wants us to be quick to hear. And then when we're slow to speak, he's saying, shut your own mouth. Fill up. Be slow to speak. speak. In other words, I don't want to hear your negativity. I don't want you spewing. I want you renewing. So don't let your thoughts come out of your mouth. Be slow to speak because I want every word I say to be of God. You get a sickness and a diagnosis, be like her. I ain't signing for that package. And oh, by the way, I'm not going to speak that out of my mouth. What I'm going to do is say, though I got the doctor's report, the Bible says, whose report will I believe? I shall choose to believe the report of the Lord. And when you pray, be be quick to hear what the Holy Ghost says. And then be slow and concise and speak it out so you can be like Jesus. Come out! Woo! It's written, Satan. Come on. <laughs> See, we'll do all this talking on Facebooking and hate booking, and we'll put our post out there. Get a life. If you're going to get a post, don't retweet, don't heat tweet, don't just grab something from somebody else. If you're going to post, get in the presence of God. And when you make a post, say, I was reading my word today. And the Lord said to me, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. That's a post on Facebook that could revolutionize somebody's life because you will have heard it from him and you'll write it from him. Oh, see, I'm going to get... See, I gotta, I, I, I'm going to say some things, and then I'm going to preach. Now I better preach to you first, because you might be so mad you can't hear after this. Romans. And I know I'm preaching slow tonight, because that's because I want you to hear what I have to say. This is serious business. This is life and death business. Somebody is weighing in the balance because of our faith, the execution of it, or the lack thereof. Somebody in my own bloodline could die without getting to the Lord because I was afraid when I went to their house to witness to them. My neighbor could be in trouble because I'm so absorbed in myself that he came out of his house ready to commit suicide and I could intervene. and said, hey, Sam, I believe in you. I know I'm your new neighbor and we haven't talked much, but man, you, even the way you mow your lawn, man, it's powerful. I see gifts in you. You might have just enough. You might come out of prayer and God tell you to go do something that saves somebody's life. Right. Make sure you're God-inspired, not world-inspired. Not flesh-inspired, not popular-inspired. Listen, I ain't on Facebook, but even if I was, I wouldn't look at my likes and I wouldn't look at my friends I would only be looking at releasing what God put me to release. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. But if God likes it, I love it. Amen. I'm not looking to be politically correct. I'm not looking to sit here and appease you. We can go to the Bible and the things that God ordained are God ordained. He said that there's a man and a woman. And people can be emotionally broken and they can have abuses and mental situations and bad situations all they want to. And they can lose their identity for a moment. And I will help love you back to your identity. But one thing that's not confusing is that when it comes to humanity, there's only two species, male and a female. Now, if you want to talk about animals or insects or amoebas, you might have all the stuff you want to have. And pray accordingly. 
Love people where they're at. Listen, I, I have some blood relatives that was lost in their identity. I didn't give up on them. I didn't refuse to cook for them. I did not not love them, but I would tell them who they were to me. I'm looking for my relative who used to be all up in that piano when I was a little young boy and would lead me in songs like Blessed Quietness, Holy Quietness. Why don't you just talk fair and straightforward and honestly with people right where they're at? It's what Jesus did. Whether he was at the woman at the well or whether he was with the blind man or whether he was with someone who hadn't walked, he just talked to them right where they're at. Why do we get so political in a bunch of mess? People are either saved on fire for God or in need of a physician. Why is it a big deal? This one might be drinking. This one might be cussing. This one might be chasing every skirt around the, the neighborhood. It's just sin. Why don't we just rend the heavenlies? Why don't we just get away from the wickedness that we could get away from? Like the Bible says, if my people, which were called by my name, would humble themselves in prayer and turn from their wicked ways. Right away we think, oh, somebody must be in sin. No, someone's probably just confused and not even taking the authority to pray the scriptures they have a right to pray. See, sometimes wickedness isn't being in the bar or down the street at someone's house that you're not married to or your neighbor's house. Sometimes wickedness is just sitting there saying, this world's so lost, there ain't nothing I can do about it. I'm not even going to go down and vote or worry about it. It don't matter anyway. I'm just going to go fishing on vacation and do my own little thing. No, no, no. The Bible says that if you would quit posting on Facebook and being so divisive and being all about yourself, you would get the covenant relationship that says that I must pray for those who are in authority. I must pray for all authority, government, leaders, and all of it. And if I would, then we could live a good and peaceful life on this earth because I could actually through my prayers make room for politicians and everybody to get saved and fill all up with the power of the Holy Ghost and we could save a nation it is time for us to grow up Pastor Phyllis you know we love the love chapter chapter 13 we love it oh love hopes all things love covers all things Love is not quick to do this. Love, 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 love. Read the chapter, verse 11. And it'll say, when I was a child, spoke as a child, thought as a child, acted like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And I got to ask you, why are you still in the church after 30 years and we got to change your poopy diaper? Now, I love you, but I got to get, oh, I'm glad pastor's in Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> Cut off live stream. No, I'm kidding. But listen to this. I got to ask you a question. When that baby was first born, you know you was lying. Maybe day one that poo-poo didn't stink. But by day three that poo-poo was starting to smell not good. But you were still, <laughs> I'm just changing this baby's diaper. It's such a blessing. But by the time that baby's one and then two, you're like, okay, it's about time for you to get potty trained. Why? Because they're eating stronger meat. 
and they're starting to grow up. And I'm telling you right now that if they got the five and still pooping, we're going to the doctor and seeing what the problem is because we know that by the time a baby's five years old, they ought to poop themselves, they ought to wipe themselves. And oh, by the way, over the years, we expect them to get better at it. You know, if they got streaks at three, four, and five, we ain't going to say nothing. But a 12-year-old boy got streaks, my mom would say, boy, you don't start getting them underwear a little cleaner because you take care of business better when you wash yourself. You're going to start doing this nasty laundry. Can I get an amen? And I'm telling you, it's about time for the church to sit there and say, I am no longer going to be a milk-sucking, milk-drinking little spoiled baby all up in the 35th year of my Christianity because I'm going to grow up. I'm going to meet up. I'm going to strong up. I'm going to pray up. I'm going to fast up. I'm going to live up. I'm going to give up. And I'm going to walk right up into who I am in God. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, Pastor, come home quick. <laughs> Listen to me. It is time for us to give God the honor that is due him. Oh, yeah, three more minutes. Can you handle three minutes or five? <laughs> Regina, come shut me up. Listen to this, Romans chapter 13. Boy, this is a great chapter, but I just want to give you a couple verses tonight. Romans chapter 13 says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. Well, I'm sick. God has power over that. Well, our, our politicians are divisive. God has power over that. Vote, write your letter to Congress, do all you want to, but you better do more on your knees please. Men like Daniel always got results. Why? Because he lived out of an excellent spirit of fasting and praying and seeking God at all times. He didn't wait till a crisis. Now there's times in the Bibles where you see that crisis happens and people get a fast and they get a revelation. But Daniel was a young man with such an excellent spirit, Pastor Phyllis, that he said, oh, Listen, I know the king brought us here, and we're real proud. We're glad to be in the king's house. But in the king's house, we're not drinking the wine or eating the meat of the king. We're Israelites. We're Jews. And we came up out of our nation fasting, praying, and living a certain lifestyle. And you go ahead and let us live this way for 10 days, and then you take us before the king, and you're going to see that we are brighter more lighter, more healthier and stronger than anything of the king's wine can do. See, we can get so involved in the world that we forget that the safest identity is our identity. Spirit, soul, and body, the best identity is the identity of not just the proper sitting, saved, looking all etiquette and hermeneutically correct Christian. No, I want somebody that when the life is on the line, they don't care if they look wild. They don't care if they've been praying for 12 hours and their hair just ain't right. I tell you what, I used to love it because we'd go over to the older women's houses and they'd be on Sunday prayer meeting and girl, they'd have to get out of there and go fix their bun. They'd have to wipe their eyes. They'd have to go shake and get their dress straightened back out. Some of them would have to find their gloves and put them back on. But I tell you what, I thank God for the Annas of my life that were fasting and praying and didn't care what you thought about them. I thank God for young men like Daniel that 
said that even though the rules of our society has changed, even though that my king has become more progressive, even though it's no longer popular to be a Christian, as for Daniel, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go up in my house as before times and my windows wide open and my shutters are up and if I pray in the Holy Ghost and they don't like it, I'm in my house, I'm administering to God and when they have a need, I'm going to meet it. You know, Jesus didn't care how much you criticized him. He didn't care how much you talked about him. When the world was in need, he met the need. And I thank God that Daniel was so radical that he ate his own diet. He blessed the people. And Daniel chapter 120 says that they were found to be 10 times more powerful than anybody else. And then he had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were so wild, they said, King, we're not careful to answer you on this. Now, we believe our God will deliver us, but I tell you what, buddy, throw us in the fire because we'd rather go through the fire and burn and go to heaven or come out and not touch by smoke, but we're not careful to answer you that we are Christians and we ain't moving. Well, I don't like it when you're at your job site and you're running your machine and you're praying all up in the Holy Ghost. Um, what's my percentage? Well, you do run 125%. What's the rate that I could get by with? Well, as long as you run 80%, you're okay. Okay, well, the Holy Ghost is from 80 to 125. Do you mind? Your boss will say, uh, I'm going to get everybody else earplugs and turn their music up, but go ahead and do that cha-cha-cha-cha-cha thing you do because we are cha-chinging all the way to the bank. I tell you what, instead of being afraid of your faith, why don't you express your faith? When are we going to grow up and quit being ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Listen to me. If you come into church in Kitten, I could care less if you're uncomfortable. In fact, I tell young men, especially if I know they've been in the bar and they got alcoholic breath, you know what I like in Kitten? If a man's got alcoholic breath, I might just tell him about himself. Next Sunday, get some breath mints. Clean that breath up, brother. Quit drinking on Friday nights. I've never had one say, I can't believe you talk to me that way. I had a man that was strung out on drugs. He came to church, Phyllis, at 8 o'clock in the morning. It was winter time. He was freezing. I said, hey, it's good to see you, Mr. Jeremy. You feeling good today? He said, yeah, I thought service started at 8. I said, well, come on in and warm up. It starts at 8.30. You're here early. I'm proud of you. And then about 10 minutes later, I said, you warm? He said, yeah. I said, get, get this salt. Get back out there and get that place salted so people come in here safe. <laughs> Even Regina went, Phil, he, he, he just got warmed up. I said, yep, and he's going to stay warm when he's out there throwing that salt. And you know, he gave his testimony at drug court when he graduated faster than anybody else. And he said, I got to tell you something. That first day when Pastor Phil put salt in my hands and I was salting that sidewalk, knowing that I could stop people from falling and knowing that I was respected and knowing that I had something to do. He said, it revolutionized my life. See, you have no idea the simplest things that you do touch with the anointing of God can overtake the world. Okay, I've all went over my time, so I'm finished, but I'm going to tell you this. Romans 13, 1 says, Whosoever therefore resists the power, resists the ordinance of God. You don't like the Holy Ghost? You're resisting God. You don't like how holy we live, and you just want to open up your realms and accept everybody? Accept them, but bring them up to speed. 
If I got a Honda shirt, they'd accept me today. But in 90 days, I better be living by their rules or I got a problem. I can go to the high state Buckeye football team and praise God, but I tell you what, I better be ready to practice, throw up, puke up, exercise up, cramp up, hydro up. You know, I just heard about somebody that was running at whatever spring training and they got so sick that they were undernourished and they had to go get put in the hospital and they hooked them up to an IV, got them rehydrated, and three days later they had them back out on the field. And we act like staying in church till 12 o'clock because our babies are up late and didn't get sleep is just the worst thing in the world. I think we better shake ourselves and remember that when I was a young boy, I was up under that pew sleeping sometime, shouting sometime, and wrestling with my brother sometimes, but they didn't care what time we got out, and we turned out okay. You know, here it is. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. You're not a terror to good works. You are a terror to the evil. If your people at work don't like you praying the Holy Ghost, just whisper. But don't stop it. Because you're a terror to the evil around them. And it says this. Would thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good and thou shalt have praise of the same. Here it is. Oh yeah, here it is, verse 7. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom is due, fear to whom fear is due, and honor to whom honor is due. You know what that word due means? It's like a rent payment. When it's due, it's due. And I tell you what, now that you're a saved Christian, you know, Pastor Phyllis, it's due that we fast. Oh, amen. amen. It's not something we should have a question on. It's like paying your rent. You are a Christian. To whom much is given, much is required. It's your responsibility to fast. It's your responsibility to pray. It's your responsibility to be a reconciler. You gave me a confirmation because you said, we're a new creature and we are ambassadors. And we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. You know, it's our responsibility to fast for the unlovable. It's our responsibility to love our enemies and pray for them. It's our responsibility to give God and give this world what it's due. And that is that when the Lord returns, he shall find faith. He shall find us praying, seeking, fasting. And guess what? We'll live a good and peaceful life because we do our part. Amen. Don't look at the world. It's not their responsibility. The Lord never said the world has to. He says, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and turn from wicked ways. Quit just thinking about yourself. Quit being so puffed up that everybody got to pat you on the back and massage your shoes. And if somebody don't say hi and don't wear what you want and don't look like what you want, you all offendable, grow yourself up. Amen. Get some clean draws on. So that if you have an accident and you go to the hospital, you don't got dirty underwear on. That's what my mom used to teach me. Get some clean draws on with no holes in them, and get to war, soldiers, 
because I'm giving you the honor to let you know that not only is honor given to you, but it's due to God, and we need to do our part so he can have his part. Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare your glory, we declare your power and authority, and we thank you, God, that we are a family of faith, that we are a people of love, that we are those who will go out and rescue. And we're thankful that as we pray together and stay together, the commanded blessing of the Lord will come upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Phyllis, I'm going to dismiss, but I seriously want to tell you and Pastor, for the thousandth time in my life, that even when I was a mess, you guys stuck up for me. We love you. <laughs> you loved me, even when I was unlovable. And I am who I am today because you were willing to pay a price for a soldier and for a wielded weapon because they say our prayers are wielded weapons, but I tell you that if you'll grab a hold of it, you are a wielded weapon that can tear down the kingdom of God just like Regina can. Hey, I love you guys, and I thank God that our pastor, at an age where he could retire and be on a beach, he separated himself from his wife countless times and from us. Listen, crusades aren't glorious. No. You're talking 20 hours in a cramped plane with a bunch of smelly people. You're talking about cramped up little beds that you can't sleep on. You're talking about food that you can't even eat. But to get to the point where we can preach the gospel and bring souls in, you better believe that God's going to receive what is due. So I just want to thank you and Pastor, because you guys deserve the honor of being considered who you really 